You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. This is the patriotic edition. Yes. I wore, I got the white and blue, and then I got red shorts. Nice, nice. I noticed that you got the blue shirt, the red hat, and the white are. I didn't focus on any of that. <laughs> Just, I, Justin's not patriotic. I don't love my country, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I just literally looked over because I didn't know what you were wearing. I, I have blue, you got blue? It's the wrong blue. Yes. Yeah. I usually think that you're wearing the wrong blue. Yeah, I also died. I don't. <laughs> so. So. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Daniel Hargrove. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We also have our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, over here with us, fixing everything while Daniel and I sat around, uh, not being remotely helpful. No. Or productive. Or productive. Um, but happy. We talked about sports things. Happy 3rd of July. Yes. We're going to make this a brief episode because. Um, because I'm wearing briefs. Because uh, no. Daniel's wearing tidy whitey briefs, and uh, a couple of us have a July 3rd party to go to for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like weird. a third of July party. Yeah, third of July. But whatever. I love the idea because it means I don't have to stay up late on the fourth. Uh. <laughs> I probably will anyway. But yeah, I was gonna say because that's when the fireworks happen. Are they doing fireworks? On yeah, this we're doing third? fireworks tonight. Hmm. Interesting. Some fireworks started last night around my oh, we, neighborhood. Yeah, we had fireworks going off here. Yeah. Which, maybe we'll have some discussion in the mailbag about fireworks-related topics. <laughs> but for now, let's get it going with the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to wrap. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. The Portland Trailblazers made some big moves this week, signing Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, and GP2. So excited about that. Gary Payton 2 to multi-year contracts. Justin, with those signings, along with the trade for Jeremy Grant and the drafting of Shaden Sharp, was the Blazers roster good enough? Good enough to make Dame happy maybe good enough to make a serious push in the playoffs in the western conference no chance Ooh, because basically you're putting yourself back in a situation that's that's a pretty similar roster to what they've had in the past except now you're hoping that anthony simons is going to end up being as good as cj mccollum and i don't think that's a guarantee i'm happy with all the moves they make i like every single player that they have but they need to do something bigger they need to make some kind of a big splashy move or anything that they do any success that they have is going to all be on dame's shoulders and we've seen how that ends before the west is good UCLA and USC will be leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten starting in 2024. Daniel, what does this mean for the rest of the conference? It is absolutely brutal. It is brutal for the rest of the conference because if they're trying to play in the same college system as we know now, their conference has just been decimated of all national notoriety. 
I mean, regardless of how good USC and UCLA have been the past few years, that is the opportunity of this conference to get back into national notoriety is when USC and UCLA get good. And that probably would only happen for USC because UCLA is a dumpster fire. But if USC gets good, it raises the whole conference's perspective. And now that is taken away. Who knows if any of the other schools will be able to follow, if any of them will try. The Pac-12 as we know it is is going to be over. And we'll see how far that desolation just continues. Kevin Durant is seeking a trade with the Brooklyn Nets despite having four more years left on his contract with no opt-outs built in. Ugh. Justin, why on earth would the Nets trade this man? I mean, from a <laughs> business perspective, it would make no sense to trade him. From a basketball perspective, it would make no sense to trade him. But on a personal level, like if you're part of the, the Brooklyn Nets front office, wouldn't you be like kind of get this dude away from me like what do I have to do to get rid of you because you're a headache in my life that I don't want to have to deal with anymore is the only possible reason I can think of for trading him at all three years ago when Kevin Durant signed with the Brooklyn Nets he they knew going into it he was going to miss an entire year he convinced them to bring in the biggest head case in the world Kyrie Irving who proved to be an incredibly unreliable player and, and he's right up there with his teammate, who he also convinced to bring in. Yeah, and he also, <laughs> Kevin Durant also convinced them to sign DeAndre Jordan, who's a totally washed version of himself, to a massive $40 million contract. And he also was the main uh, driving point or driving force in getting Harden out of town, which was another big player. Now you got Simmons in return. Everything in Brooklyn is a disaster. It's all Kevin Durant's fault, and in three years, he's played 90 games. <laughs> if I'm Brooklyn, I yeah, I know basketball-wise, this is stupid, but get this dude away from me. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> the Seattle Mariners enter Sunday having won nine of their last 12 games and will be playing for their fourth straight series win. DMs are still four games under 500 and 13 and a half games behind the Astros at the top of the division. Daniel, has the recent surge made you more optimistic about the playoffs this season? Yes. <laughs> so, no, I was okay. Uh, I'm getting really bad at this buzzer. I was hoping that you had really bad at it. Sometimes you have a really quick trigger, and I was just kind of hoping that you we had that mind meld. But I thought there was a possibility that as soon as the word Kevin Durant came out of your mouth in the question, that Andrew was just going to buzz us. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, so (laughs) I'm joking. I he used to play with your favorite basketball player. Oh, cool, Clay Thompson. Oh yeah, for what a year, two, two, two years. So I think I think I'm more optimistic about the Mariners. Not for any good reasons, but for the outlying trying to make myself optimistic reasons <laughs> that I would think that baseball analytics people are more about than I normally am. So first of all, they're really injured, right? So that's the easy one to point to is, hey, if they can get through this next stretch of games before... <laughs> Andrew just posted a GIF in. <laughs> inside Sorry. our Google Doc. And I, I didn't, didn't know that was possible. I didn't, I didn't realize that you were uh, looking at that. This is a first for our show. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a GIF in the yeah. show sheet. Um, so if they can get through this next couple of weeks before the All-Star break, okay. Like I'm talking still end up two games under 500. 
going into the all-star break, I think that things are looking up because you have multiple injuries that you're hoping people come back from. You're seeing already Kyle Lewis is starting rehab stint. Mitch Hanniger should be starting one soon. Ty France, that's sketchy. You don't know if Ty France is coming back. It's It sounded really optimistic until Mike Salk was talking to Jerry DePoto, yeah. and Jerry DePoto said, if... if. And it's like, wait, hold, hold up. Yeah, exactly. I know. They were saying, I mean, 10-day injured list, you know, hopefully he can be back when that, you know, and it sounded and like, Ty oh. France was like, saying, yeah, I'm hoping that it isn't too much more than the 10 days. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you heard, if he yeah. comes back this year, and you're like, <laughs> what? Hold up. Yeah. So they have, getting Carlos Santana, though, if everybody else can get healthy and stay healthy, Carlos Santana is the type of player that can still get you to the playoffs. If and I'm big if, but that means that Jesse Winker continues to play up to his baseball card, which he's done the last few weeks. Julio Rodriguez continues to be the best rookie in the league by far. Kyle Lewis comes back and hits like he seems to always have and he stays healthy and the stays healthy is the big part and he can be your DH. Mitch Haniger comes back and he stays healthy and he is Mitch Haniger from last year, and he plays right field. If those four things happen, Carlos Santana is a playoff caliber first baseman. His on-base percentage is good. He will take a ton of walks. He hits dingers. His batting average isn't great. He plays a good defensive first base. So that's okay. They can withstand a long-term France injury if those other things happening. Now, obviously, those other things happening are big ifs, too. Now, the second level is, though, they have gone through this amount of injuries with some interesting stats. One is their run production is vastly lower than their on team on-base percentage suggests it should be. So if that evens out, that's great. But even with that... Their run production outperforms their record right now because before a couple of games ago, so now they're probably either plus one or right even again. They I think they're even. Are they even again? I'll look it up. So their run production is even, and yet their record is below 500. And usually your run differential is a pretty good indicator of what your team should be. So there's. So they're plus one. So they're plus one. So if they're. On base percentage starts to produce more runs as it usually suggests, and their run production then increases even more from what it is, then their record should increase as their schedule evens out, which to this point has been the hardest schedule of the entire major leagues. And for the rest of the way, it's supposed to be like mid 20s easiest, you know? So it's, uh, there's some things that point to this getting better. That's why I'm optimistic. It's not as much, oh, the last few games. It's like, yeah, they've beat up some crappy teams. Good. At least they're showing that they are beating the teams they should. Was that too much? Was that too no, little? That's, I mean, obviously. it's. I feel like only, it stinks of Mariner's optimism. No, oh. but you need. <laughs> I agree with everything that you said. The only counterpoint, and uh, it's a big counterpoint, and I'm not ready to argue it, but I'm just going to put it out there. They're cursed. And they'll never be able to score runs or, or get get guys in with runners in scoring position regularly until they figure out how to break the curse. So to Ouch. me, the big thing really I, that's is... not the side I'm taking. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. No, you're good. I was I just, just saying the big clear. thing is the yeah. injuries I'm, because yeah. like you have three guys out of your roster that are proven high level productive 
hitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if and when France, Lewis, and Hanniger come back and they are themselves, yeah, the team's going to be way better. They're going to have an easier schedule. But, like, those are question marks I don't know how to address. Yeah. Because a lot of the the situations surrounding, like, return dates on these injuries have been very vague and gray. And why the heck has Kyle Lewis been out so long? Yeah, at least he's... That that one finding out that he's going to be playing outfield in a rehab stint yeah. is huge. Yeah. Because he's been out with that mystery, can you know those concussion symptoms for a yeah. long time. Over a month, right? Like, yeah, it's very reminiscent to D. Eskridge from the yeah. Seahawks, and he came back and played football mm-hmm. at a pretty good level. I so I, I feel kind of optimistic hearing that he is now getting ready to play baseball again. I was really excited to see that he was, or to hear that he was going to be playing significant time in the field that's a good because point. previously he would like even when he was up with the mariners after his rehab stint he was still not playing the field and not even running yeah like he was hitting and jogging to first yeah that's a good point so we got some optimism there i feel i mean we know what mitch hanniger's injury is and that should be the problem is is mitch hanniger i'm surprised he doesn't roll it you know sprain his ankle every time he swings and now he that he's, he's done it done how it. much more likely is it to happen again that's what i'm wondering yeah like i'm assuming Unless that's he why things. i'm assuming that's why it has taken so long for him to come back mm-hmm. is because they needed to be 100% not 80 or 90 yeah because that's how his swing is, and it's always freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at a slow-mo swing of Mitch Hanniger, his ankle is doing weird stuff every time. I don't... I'm not a baseball player. Is it possible for him to, like, literally just tape the crap out of that and and remove that flexibility so it literally can't so happen? Can't. Or would that ruin his swing? I know. I think that... I mean... He could definitely my, try it. I would try it. In my mind, having taped the crap out of... So many yeah, ankle injuries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do it. So, yeah, I don't see why he couldn't. But, anyway, that's my thought on the Mariners. I think their starting pitching has been pretty darn good over, you know, for the most part of the season. I think their bullpen is starting to show some improvements. At the trade deadline, that's what I want to see. And then if you can improve your depth somehow offensively, then great. But I think mainly... If they're going to make it this season, the problem is, is these injured guys are like linchpins, you know, yeah. to their future. So they're not exactly guys that you want to replace via trade. Other than Hanniger. That's Hanager true. Hanniger is awesome. in that wishy-washy yeah. area, right? Yeah. But France, you want him to be your guy for the future. Kyle Lewis, there's no real, I mean, he's had so many injuries. I don't think their value is too high for him right now because he hasn't shown it for multiple years. So Hanniger is really the only like up in the air type player, right? And that's only because you're still expecting Kellenic to turn into something. And that's the other thing, uh, Tramel, he's he's not proven, but he was a good player this season so far, and he's hurt too. I mean, it has yeah. just been absolutely bonkers. Hamstring. Yeah, it's so frustrating. I mean, it feels like the Seahawks the last few seasons. Or the Mariners last. I mean, it, is, it just feels like Seattle sports. Ugh. Something in the air. Um, what should we get to next? I mean, besides the fact that Mike you Trout has a Mike Trout? horrible day. Because <laughs> that's where the GIF is in our show sheet yes. that we teased earlier, so, which no one can see. 
But it's that kid from The Simpsons going, Nelson. <laughs> so glad. Shannon Dreyer mentioned this on the Mariners pregame today. Mike Trout today, on Sunday, struck out three times on nine pitches. You hate to see it. Yeah, hate to see it. And you know what? He also struck out four times on the day. But this, the last time he struck out apparently was on four pitches. Many fans have pointed out that it was a bad call, and that also should have been on three pitches. <laughs> so Mike Trout struck out four times today on 13 pitches. Oh, That's that awesome. makes me so happy. Yeah, somebody should. <laughs> Am I somebody petty? should buy that pitcher a pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sports fans are petty yes. by, by nature, so I love it. Yes, petty, but also it's okay. Yeah, petty and superstitious. Yeah, um, I'll get into more That's of the superstition the later because I got I got called out for my superstition Whoa. by somebody. <laughs> Recently, it's Justin, that's a little stitches. Yeah, a little stitches. I'm, I'm, I'm I superstitious. I support sports superstitions. Yeah, I really do. I do too. Yeah, it really is part of the fun. Yeah, like sports hate. Justin, what do you want to get into next? I just wrote stuff down on the show yeah. sheet. I didn't, I didn't have a particular order that well, I was putting them in. I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget about. I'm intrigued it. by college football fix. So, here's the thing. I, I didn't think this was going to happen so fast. I thought that this was going to. And maybe it isn't so fast because we were talking about this a long time ago, right? The super conferences. I mean, that was three, four, five years ago where we this first topic was brought up. And this isn't happening until they're not leaving until, until 2024. 2024. Which is going to make the next few years awkward. Really weird, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just picturing, like, you know, Utah players just punching guys under the pile. <laughs> just like, you guys are leaving us. And the guys are like, it's not our fault. Stop. I was imagining it more like fist fights in the in the boxes. Yes. <laughs> Between the presidents, yeah, the college yeah. presidents. Or ADs. Why are you guys leaving us? No, okay, so I think most of us think this way that the the system of college football has many flaws. Do we all agree on like especially before NIL, mm-hmm. name image likeness? The system of college football being a multi-billion dollar industry. Industry. Thank you. I was like, corporation? Mm -hmm. Industry. And the players getting nothing is flawed. And my... Not nothing. They got scholarships. They got scholarships, which I think shouldn't... I mean, now is more undervalued than it ever has been before. So I am more on the bandwagon of that means less now. Because if you get a college degree, it means less now than it did before, right? So and it I'm, costs more, and it cost, but it does cost more. Yeah, yeah. So the value, in some ways, it goes up and down. Um, but my way to fix this actually solves some more societal issues that we hear about this as well. So one of the big issues with college sports, right, is that some teams have better opportunities for facilities for they have somebody just honked who who the heck lives around here we're out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> is that somebody just down at the street yeah okay <laughs> somebody's just down at the street weird anyway so there's there's a big difference in how crazy fans are which means to more support which means to hire players which means to you know, you have better facilities and, you know, maybe more sketchy situations with funding getting funneled in towards players before the name image likeness. Now they have more of a, 
legal way to give that money. So my my very quick fix that I thought of literally driving here is part of it comes from my dad who was like, you cap the salaries of coaches. Because right now, the coaches are the ones making the most money on on this college football industry. Well, maybe not the most money because I mean the TV, the, yeah. the TV deals in the school, like it's insane. But they're making a ton of money. So my thought would go further than that. You cap the funding of every football program program so you have a you have a cap for the highest paid head coach you have a cap for then the budget on paying coaches below him you have a cap for how you do facilities after that and then you have a cap for maybe even how much money you give the players with that and i think then outside of that cap you're like wait wait a second there's billions of dollars of tv deals around this right so what happens to all of that extra money we have a talking point of this country of college should be free right all the extra money just goes to like reducing college prices for every student for the football players the basketball players the dude just going to get a sociology degree it all just goes into that bucket of paying tuition so yeah, it might not make it free for everybody, but all of that money just goes to all of the schools to pay, help pay college tuition because college tuition is bonkers right now. So all of that TV money, instead of just going to the football program or the athletic program, goes to the entire school and college coaches are capped. The players are getting some of the money. All of the coaches are getting capped. The facilities, you can't just go buy these multi-billion dollar facilities you know, so kids want to go to your school too much more than anybody else. Like, everything's capped, levels the playing field, and then the extra funding, because, let's be honest, the TV still wants to put money into this because everybody still wants to watch it. It still goes somewhere. It goes somewhere productive, though. Do you think I that, realize... the, do you think that the, the conferences or schools would be less motivated to make as much money if they can't put all that money into the program. So like the idea of having all this extra money that then goes towards things like lowering college tuition across the board, would they just be like, eh, maybe we won't need to negotiate or they'll figure out some kind of other way to benefit themselves rather than, you know, getting all this extra money in the deal. Do you, do they do something different? I can't think of what that thing would be, and I don't know economics well enough to me either to really, you know, I don't know how to poke holes in it because I don't know economics well enough. I like the idea of college tuition being reduced because right. holy cow, it's crazy expensive, and I don't really understand why. Yeah, I think in general, I I tend to support a little bit more of a capitalistic free market yeah. thing because I think um, the cap can end up with people not getting what they're worth. It's true. Um, but, and, and to me, that's why, like, from the beginning, I was, I've always thought um, college players need to get some kind of compensation. And the easiest thing in the world to me, and I, I know we've talked about this, I've been saying this for years, how is con controlling your name, image, and likeness not the most logical, easy thing in the world? Right. Why did it take so long for them to say, 
yeah, everyone else in the entire world is allowed to make money off their name. You guys can too. Exactly. That so yeah. that the like the signing the the scandals that there have been like what was it Johnny Manziel that there was a big deal about how he was like signing signing, signing, signing autographs. autographs autographs like just ridiculous right just absolutely ridiculous. No, I know of I know of go- so I follow a lot of golf channels on YouTube. Right, there's this golfer who made trick shots. Like he did trick shots mm-hmm. for golf on YouTube and was so popular he made some money for it. Through the ads N- the NCAA said that he could not play college golf unless mm-hmm. he deleted his channel. Yeah. So that's oh part of the gosh. like the thing with NIL mind boggling. While people freak out about uh like all the big money that these guys are getting because now people are like, Oh god, we never wanted it to be this way, blah. Yeah. But like there's the complete other end of NIL, which I listened to a podcast that had one of the like NIL directors from a university and they're like people don't understand like the percentage of athletes like some athletes are just not interested in it they want to put their head down focus on their sport focus on their schooling and not worry about the NIL some of them like are getting business degrees so like it actually benefits them in their education to also mm-hmm. learn about this stuff yeah. they are supported they have all the information they need but even things like you know, North Carolina, for example, has a, a really great tennis player. That tennis player can't give lessons and mm. charge for them because that but now they can. But like previously, they would not have been allowed to give a lesson and charge 50 bucks or That's host nuts. a camp yeah. for kids to teach them, you know, the ins and outs and, and the basics of tennis and then make any money off of it. Like they can't have a TikTok. They couldn't have a TikTok account. And have any kind of influencer money coming in yep. from anything. Yeah. And, and like, uh, there, there's this set of twins that I think goes to Fresno State. They're the Cavender twins. And when they were in high school, they got massively TikTok famous for, like, all of these cool basketball videos that they did. Um, and they were not allowed to make any money off of it because they knew they wanted to be eligible to play college basketball. Nice. And it's like, who knows what their... Uh, opportunities for making money off of basketball will be after college. Mm-hmm. So their prime time for making money was high school and college. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't until this NIL stuff passed through. They couldn't make any money off of it. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there is people are looking at this NIL. Like there was a report out there about a Miami player getting $9 million or something. And it's kind of proven to not really be true, but people are freaking out about the large amounts of money and I get it. But I, to me, I'm looking at it going like these guys are getting what they're worth. Like they've been college athletes have been oppressed as a group financially Mm -hmm. and people who want like high school kids who want to play college, the same thing. You you make yourself ineligible. And now I much prefer what's going on now to what we had previously. Yeah. And I think the NIL, so the system was broken already. And in my, in my opinion, it was living on eggshells, Mm -hmm. right? And the main eggshell that it was living on was the players weren't getting paid. It's a, Billion dollar industry, players aren't getting paid now, they're getting something. But, and I think this is where Salk, Mike Salk, who I disagree with on so many things, and half the time I want to punch him in the face. That's his speciality. Which is, <laughs> you're right. I feel like that's his niche, right? Yes. Is it a niche or a niche? Uh, depends on how much you make per year. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I feel is it like. A vase or a vase? I feel like. <laughs> 
He was correct in saying that largely it was still running on the same principles of, hey, I go to school here and you go to school here and we're both playing on football teams. Let's play against each other. That was still a huge part of the governing rules of college athletics. And it's just not that anymore. That's an amateur sport. Exactly. That's unpaid people who are doing it for fun. Exactly. That's me and you playing for Washington State University rugby. Yes. And going to play Oregon State in rugby. But that's not what we're dealing with here anymore in especially football and basketball and a much smaller scale, baseball, women's basketball. I feel like baseball... I feel like baseball and women's basketball are are fairly comparable in college athletics because not too many people pay attention and the only ones who do only pay attention to the college world series and the women's basketball national tournament. Is that fair? It might be. I was going to say, I feel like baseball is in a different, uh, in a different situation because it's normal for guys to graduate high school and go straight to the pros. That's true. That's also a big difference. It's, I feel like that's a big difference where, so it, I think it wasn't there wasn't as much uh as much twisted out of whack by the or dis, there wasn't as much market distortion to use an economic term because guys that really wanted to make money or were really worth money were go were skipping college and going straight to pro minor leagues but pros uh right away whereas most of the guys playing college baseball chose to play college baseball instead of going that pro. makes sense that's definitely not possible in, in football. Yeah. That is kind of possible in basketball, though, isn't it? it I mean, there's a, it's kind of possible. You have to take a year off. Oh, right, right, right. Because You have to be a, a year out of high to, school. Okay, yeah. You have to be 19, and you have to be one year removed from high school to play. Okay. And I think it might even, that might and be see, the rule for was... being eligible to be drafted. You might have to be 19. Okay. But a lot of guys, that like the NBA now has it set up where – the elitist of elite players can choose to go into the G League if they want to. Yeah. And that's like that's a way of skipping that one year. I'm glad they have that. Yeah. Or like some guys choose to go play international. There's well, been some guys or some guys choose to go to a Power 5 major college for basketball and then just not play. <laughs> Shaden Sharp. I heard about that. <laughs> that's that's interesting. It worked out for him, right? It did. I mean, I don't know. It, it, so I so it, he was the number one player in his entire class, yeah. and he was drafted seventh. So I guess it kind of worked out. I think so. I mean, just by being drafted seventh, he's going to get his guaranteed two years are probably going to be what, like fifteen million dollars or something. Like there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of money in in yeah. his decision. It's weird though because, and I know we've had this conversation before, like. If somebody was in a, a playing football, yeah, and they're like, oh, "I don't want to risk being injured, so I'm going to skip my like." I have a lot more, yeah. under, but it's it's basketball, and I think it's been proven that unless you have some kind of catastrophic injury, basketball teams don't hold that against you if yeah. you get hurt in college. Like, like look at look at Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know, Kyrie Irving decided to go to Duke for a year, and he missed like three quarters of the season. He still got drafted number one overall yeah. because the NBA drafts so much on potential. Yeah, so it feels like. When I when I saw that Shaden Sharp chose not to play, I was like, "It's not even so much you're worried about injury. You're worried you're going to suck, yeah. and you're going to come out and be <laughs> not as good as you thought, as everyone thought you were going to be, and that was going to hurt your draft stock." So it wasn't. It's not like football because in my mind, I'm going, "He's not not playing because of risk of injury. He doesn't want to underperform, and he didn't bet on himself." And so to me, that was like, 
the red flag in that. It's a huge red flag because in basketball, shooter's going to shoot. Yeah. And if you don't have the confidence to... If, like, if you're worried you're going to suck, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. So Like, massive. There will be the question of how ready he is for yeah. the Blazers. Be- before we transition to Blazers, real quick, you mentioned, you know, colleges are going to try and find a way around my fix if that fix happened. Mm-hmm. But if they found too official of a way that all of a sudden the funding for the lower college de- uh, tuition went down, man, they would face such a huge, like, social repercussions of that, of, like, all of a sudden all this money is going to college tuition and all the athletic departments are capped. And then news report, oh, colleges find way around this by doing this. Everybody be so ticked off at them. And I'm not saying that works all the time, but it does work sometimes. And in Especially your, in our culture. In your scenario, are you imagining this is like, this is not under the NCAA umbrella anymore? Like, this is the power comp, the, the big two or big three or whatever no, it so, ends up being? So this would have to be, this is part of it. So they would have to have, the NCAA umbrella would have to become more powerful. Yeah. There would right, have to be a commissioner. There would have to be a commissioner of all of the schools. So it would, and that's kind of a bummer, but it would take away the autonomy of some of the different conferences, right? Yeah. Because everybody would have to be capped the same. Because basically what my proposal is doing is trying to get it closer to an amateur sport than it is right now. Because right now it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not an amateur sport. The salaries of the coaches, the lack of salaries to the players, in how it functions with all of the money funneling in, like everything is taking away from this being an amateur sport. So capping everything brings it closer to an amateur sport because then everybody's on an even playing field. You, Just like when it is when it started out. You're going to this school. Are you good at football? You want to play on our football team. You want to play against this football team. That's an amateur sport. But players would still have access to the NIL money and that's a separate thing? Or are you I would think that so. Should, okay. I would think the NIL thing, and that would look. Because that's the one reservation I, I'd have I is that like, I want to make sure that the players, the yeah. players who are worth it, have the opportunity to profit I off them. I feel like you would need to add restrictions to NIL. Right now, NIL is just Opens. money. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you would need to specify that, it, like if like you could make money from your name, image, and likeness, but you can't just get signed to forty million dollars because. 40, you know, a million dollars because a booster wants you to come to this club. Yeah, I think that's an and excellent point. That's you open would... to a lot of, like, how how do you, it's difficult yeah. to, not support, to enforce those rules. Yes. Because what do you do if a booster's like, I'm just hiring him as my pool boy for $50,000 a week. Yeah, I feel like there's ways to put regulations in place. So that if they're broken with something like that, there could be investigations, just like we saw before. Yeah. But I want name, image, and likeness to be there. But maybe put a rule where a booster who owns a car dealership can't just hire you for $40 million to do their commercials. I don't know how exactly you would do that. Because I want I want yes. NAL, I want NIL to be there. Because as you've mentioned... It has screwed over so many teenagers in this new influencer market. And I don't want that to happen. I want it. But on the other hand, there's always ways that skeezy people can skeeze. 
and that's been in place forever. Yeah, right? you don't. So, so I'm not. I'm not saying that nobody's ever going to be able to work yeah. the system. I'm saying that the rules in place aren't working the system. Yeah. There's so also, that's what I want. There's the, also a pretty good chance that nil could, nil could have a massive market correction over the next few mm-hmm. years because college football and young athletes just by the nature of sports often end up not being as good as they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen inevitably is some big boosters are going to pay big money to a guy to come to a school and he's going to end up not being very good. And then that booster will be like, well, what did I go through all that effort and sign that contract and give this guy all that money? And there's a, I think that as time goes on, the boosters are going to be more uh, careful about yeah the the nil deals at least as far as like it'll be more appealing to give big deals to guys people who are already there which is kind of what we already want instead of the money being the reason why the players go to the school absolutely that's what we want we want that if you're earning money from your name image and likeness before you're even in like while you're in high school we want you to be able to get that money without jeopardizing your ability to play college sports Mm -hmm. we also want the kids who are really good in college to be able to get paid for how good they are in college. That, those are the two main things we want. Yeah. I think a huge part of this is the coaches are paid so freaking much and have the freedom to just peace out whenever they want. When the kids have to go through these massive processes and now we see the transfers opening up that sum. But man, the coaches are paid. They're the, they are the highest paid Public employees in every state they're in. That's nuts. Yeah. I I do I like your overall the like the general I know that it's a spur of the moment you just came up with yes. it. The biggest the biggest uh weakness I see in the whole thing at the surface level is I think that it's it sounds almost impossible for me to actually cap facilities. Mm, yeah, like, that's how do you? Oh, I only spent twenty million on this on this whole facility, but a huge booster owns the construction company and did it at cost. Mm. Well, that's not fair, and you can't. I mean, I don't even know how you could enforce that. Yeah, but yeah. I I like the the general thrust of the whole idea. That was just the one thing I was like, man, that sounds. I, almost impossible to even yeah the facilities was kind of a last second like oh wait (laughs) so i don't know how you do that justin real not real quick but i want to know your opinions more a little bit more in depth of what the blazers have done and what maybe you think they should do well the glaringly obvious weak spot is that they're very thin in the post Mm -hmm. so yusuf nurkic and then drew eubanks is basically all they have And then is Zeller still on the roster? No. Okay. No. So they have basically like a bunch of guys that are, they can play this two through four kind of, but none of them are really big enough to be a four. But I think if you look at the way they've done these signings, getting guys like GP two and guys like Jeremy Grant, um, they're kind of going for this. Like let's surround Dame with really athletic, good defensive players who are versatile. Because the thing with GP2 is, like, he played every position at Golden State when he was in the rotation. He he actually had really good defensive ratings guarding centers. So, wow. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> but that, he was what? actually not on the – he was not even on a team 
relatively recently? No, he was. He was on the national championship team. Like, he was a no. title okay, winner. Okay, yeah. but I meant... No, I know he was... Oh, you mean before on that? this one. I'm saying that wasn't... Isn't this a guy that was, like, yeah. chose to hang around the team and was looking at getting a job in scouting for that team just to stick yeah, around so them? Yeah, so basically what happened was he was, like... He was kind of... Ha- his NBA career was hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. And he had actually crazy. gone back to Golden State thinking, okay... This is kind of my last shot, and if this doesn't work out, I'm going to ask them if I can have a job in the film room. Like, I he thought, wanted to be, like, a film coordinator. I, I, I love that, that guy so much. he had applied for it. I thought that he I, had literally applied for that I think that, that he had discussions with them about, oh, okay. about, hey, can I be a film coordinator? <laughs> and they were like, well, um, maybe, but how about you play for us, and <laughs> we'll see how things go. And then, he's just with the way he played, he became an absolutely vital part of that team to the point when he was out they were different and he's not a starter Mm-mm. but the fans recognized how important he was to the team where when he came back in the playoffs when he got on the floor he got the hugest ovation from the home fans the first time he went back on the floor like this guy um i, I don't know what is he like six three six four like he's not maybe a huge, six three he's I not think a i saw him guy, at six two but he has such a grinder mentality and he's worked on the craft of defense so much that he's just become he he was absolutely vital to them and and also incredibly unselfish on offense like hey Steph you're the guy you do what you do and I'll just be over here in the corner and I'll shoot when you guys want me to shoot but he's also great in transition so like I feel like the he's Blazers six, okay Sorry. perfect <laughs> so I think the Blazers have got kind of gone in this direction of like yeah we're gonna have a couple of bigs and Eubanks is like that's kind of a throwaway whatever he'll he'll play a few minutes hey. But- also, former Beaver, yeah. shut your mouth. Sorry, it's just not—it's not an exciting <laughs> signing. You're right. You you're see right. Drew Eubanks. He, he's a big, athletic dude who likes to block shots. Yeah, so that's I think, all he is. I think the struggle for the Blazers right now is like you've got a lot of framework and supplemental players in there. Like, go get the big fish, and there's not a lot of assets that they have like they have they could package Shaden Sharp, Nasir Little, Josh Hart. Like that's kind of the prospects they have with a first round pick or two to try to go get somebody big, but those guys are going away quick and there aren't very many dudes that fit the mold of what they need. Which of, in it's my probably a 4, you know. In my mind it would be a 3-4 type player. Yeah. A taller wing-ish mm-hmm. player who can shoot really good. Well, and wings own the league right now, and the Blazers have gone that direction. Like they, they got wings. They went out and got wings. So, but I don't know. None of them really seem like like Jeremy Grant doesn't feel like the exact type of player they need. Sadly, the only player I can think of that's the exact type player they need is Clay Thompson. Uh, I yeah. was actually gonna say, hey, if. I what you're saying about GP two yeah. makes me want like that. He sounds like my second favorite basketball player. He's yeah. awesome. If He's... if they could get Clay, I also have I an autograph. Would, <laughs> if they can get Clay to Portland, I will follow that team. Yeah, I mean that would be super you, you'll dope. convert me. I don't. No, I know. still won't like basketball. But. I think a lot of it will really like a lot of it. How big of an impact that would be depends on what version of Clay he could get back to because yeah. this year. After, you know, two massive catastrophic injuries, he is he was not himself this year. So so who even is the guy then? I I don't I I don't have a guy. That's the hard part is like I nobody that is rumored to be on the trade market besides Kevin Durant 
fits what you need. And I just don't, I mean, Kevin Durant said, here's two teams I'll play for. Portland wasn't one of them. So I, I don't know what the Blazers could even do because it doesn't sound, it's okay. (laughs) It doesn't sound like Durant wants to be there. Yeah. So I don't, it's, it's hard. And that's the, I think the thing that's frustrating to me is watching this happen is this is the same as we talked about when last season ended. Mm -hmm. I don't see a path to them getting where they need to be to not lose Dame. And so I'm nervous and I'm frustrated about it, but I can't sit here and tell you like, here's the move they should make because I don't think there's a move out there to be made. That's going to solve the problem. Looking at their roster right now, because they still have a ton of bloat from last year, mm-hmm. right? Cause they made all these signings and trades and stuff and they brought back a lot of contracts and people who are just kind of bloat in my opinion, because in my opinion, you got Dame, like let's say they don't make any other additions that trade out, their stars right now so you got dame you got sharp you got little i think is improving enough that he should be in the conversation you got jeremy grant you got nurkic you got eubanks as a rotational defensive center simons simons huge after that what do you got you got a bunch of you got josh hart (laughs) and he's still kind of bloat to me because he's i know he's good but he's kind of, I don't know, he's like that mid-level good. So, so here's from Blazer's Edge. They gave a little idea of what the Portland depth chart will look like. Okay, good. It says point guards, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simon, GP2. Okay. Shooting guard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Shaden Sharp. Small forward, Josh Hart, Nasir Little, GP2, Greg Brown the third. I forgot about him. I did too. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Power forward, Jeremy Grant, oh. Justice Winslow, who I totally forgot was on the team. Yeah. And Trenton Watford. And then <sighs> center, you got Yusuf Nurkic and Drew Eubanks. So that power forward spot, like Jeremy Grant's not, I mean, you're playing small. Yeah. If Jeremy Grant is your, is your four. Um, but they're, you know, they're good enough in the one through three I mean, that's but the, it's still a small three. It's the strength of their team, though, is it's, like the one through three. I, maybe I shouldn't say they're good enough there because I don't know if they're going to be good. It's enough still there. a really small three is the problem yeah. to me. But if you go Dame, if you end up with Dame, Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant as you're starting one through three, I'm fine. with I that. think you could feel pretty good about that. But that would mean you have nobody to start at power forward. Exactly. It's not going to be Justice Winslow. No, like and that's why looking at the way they've built the team, I feel like Josh Hart kind of gets squeezed out of it a little bit, which is why he's been at the top of every trade trade rumor. That's Do they still have Eric Bledsoe? By, no. by a small okay. three, you mean size? Yes. Okay. Yes. I just wanted to make sure that yeah. it wasn't something different. Um, So they need a three or a four. Mm-hmm. Ideally a four. Yeah. I'd say. They would, they would require less other roster changes if they had a four. But there's a, a real possibility that they've gone into this saying, we're going to play small and with guys with great defensive versatility. And if we don't have a true four, we're going to go without a four. And I love the defensive versatility because mm-hmm. in my mind, that's something they have lacked immensely. Well, and that's what, when you bring in guys like GP two and Jeremy Grant, that's what you you're adding defensive versatility. Yeah. So I just don't think, <sighs> I, I, I think at this point, unless they do something big, Dame's going to be gone. Yeah. And that's it's, the, that's the frustrating part. Is love a free agent? I don't know. I'd be okay with a stretch three like love. Just grab boards and chuck threes. But That if, type of player. But if mm-hmm. you're worried about losing Dame, it doesn't matter what you're okay with. That's true. 
And no, I mean, well, winning, that, that you know, was just like win- winning would be the thing that would. There's two things. That, the only thing that's going to keep Dame is winning. Yeah. Do you think this is a team that can compete with the Nuggets? Losing GP two, that helps. The Warriors a little bit. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the Warriors and the Nuggets. Because in my mind, those are the two top teams right now. I mean, the Clippers, man. They. But then you're also got. You're right. You got the Clippers, and then you have LeBron James on the Lakers, and you don't know what he can bring in. Yeah. And the Clippers just added John Wall to a team that oh, will already really? be returning Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and where Norm Powell and Robert Covington ended up getting traded to. Are you serious? Yeah, so that Clippers team, if they, and this is a huge if because their, oh, three, the, their three best players are always hurt. That's but if point. those guys Do, are all healthy at the same time, then they're going to be incredible. Insane. Yeah. Do fans of the team call them the Nugs? I hope so. I call them the Nugs, but I don't know if fans do. Yeah. It should be the Nugs. Yeah. The chicken Nugs. The Nuggets are going to be good, too. The West is stacked. Yeah. And then if Kevin Durant goes to Phoenix, and Phoenix is already good. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Why do... I mean, the East is garbage. I don't see the Blazers... I don't see the Blazers being able to compete in the top level of that. Conference. Unless Why they get... Why don't the get... Blazers enter the transfer portal and transfer to the East? <laughs> Yeah, the East has some pretty good teams at the top too, though. Yeah, top but, well, two, but the but the but Nets, not five. Yeah, the Nets dismantling is going to be a big. I mean, blow. what in the East you got the Heat, the Nets dismantling, so they're no longer. So you got the Heat and the Celtics, well, the the Bucks and the Celtics, and the Heat's Celtics. Bucks, speaking of teams who just added great players for nothing to an already good team. They just made a trade for Malcolm Brogdon and gave up almost nothing for him. So they're going to add Malcolm Brogdon to a team that already has Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And they're, they're going to be better and they just made it to the finals. So yeah, I mean, there, there aren't the same kind of like, Hey, we're going to create a super team by everyone just meeting up and, and building teams together. But there are teams that are stacking talent on talent. You know what? I feel like, Health is going to play a huge role. Mm-hmm. If the Blazers can stay incredibly healthy and some other teams have some injury problems, is I feel like if the Blazers get to the Western Conference Finals again and compete so they don't get swept, maybe win two games, I think that keeps Dame happy enough to stay. If they don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm with uh, you. I think we've probably gone on. Well, gosh, I'm, yeah. Let's we, uh, we talked a lot, so I think we need to take a commercial break. Yeah, here we soon. do. We have we're gonna do Stump Daniel next, and then we still have Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week coming <laughs> up. Just had to go to the bathroom, and we're gonna do poll results uh, at the end of the show. But for now, cucumber, calm down. Daniel okay. excited the dog. And uh, right now, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then come back with Stump Daniel on the other side of the break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Welcome back to The Scrimmage, brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. I am Justin Domashevitz, no relation. What's A stand for? Our producer, Andrew Gross, is here with us, and Daniel Hargrove is my co-host. And Cucumber is an amazing dog. 
And I just thought it was funny <laughs> that like it seemed like the thing that just riled her up was Daniel. But Daniel ran that way, and Cucumber <laughs> went the exact opposite direction. So is, so is Cucumber really bad at knowing where things are that she wants to bark no. at? <laughs> Cucumber only cares about one thing, okay. and that is when Hannah will come home. Oh. So, and she's, getting, she's 13 years old, and she can't hear very well. And so... She's like well, sitting there like pouting. <laughs> she's what's happening is she's sitting there pouting that her mom has left her and abandoned her forever. Mm. And at the slightest, like, like this happens when I'm home and Hannah's at work and I like get up, just get up. I just stand up. <laughs> she goes off and she's like, mom's home, mom's home, mom's home, mom's home. Oh, okay. So she has to run outside and go look. She runs around the corner and goes to the, where the car is. And then she's like, Oh, so my Daniel, life, my life up. is empty. Yeah. So Daniel stood up and then Cucumber thought that Mom's her favorite home. person was home yes. and oh. went to greet her. And this is all Daniel's fault. Okay, yes. God, I so feel like she's wandering around being dejected right now outside. But a, it's okay. She needs fresh air. I'm a terrible person. Well, no, cu- it's not your fault. <laughs> People who haven't met Cucumber are missing out because yes. she is just the best dog. She, she is, is a great dog. She's yeah. so sweet. Anyway, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what would you... I wasn't ready. Serving <laughs> questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. If you went back to video instant replay, you would have watched me watching Andrew's drink, waiting for him to reach for it so I could say it so that he wouldn't be ready to click on the thing. That was mean. That was diabolical. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, funny. I do have, uh, I've got some kind of random trivia for you. And I thought it was funny earlier that you brought up Mike Trout because some of this is Mike Trout related. Um, Happy kind of. But your first question, Daniel. Yes. Which major league team was the first to 50 losses this season? That's already happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How many games? How many games have been played? I think roughly. most teams have played roughly 80. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, you'd only have to be on pace for a hundred losses. Yeah, that's still really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daniel, which team in the major leagues was the first to fifty losses this season? Uh, You're so needy. <laughs> he didn't click. The, he didn't click the the bed. That's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Justin. <laughs> I flustered him with the whole waiting for him to reach for the drink thing. Sorry. Oh. It's a dope hat, by the way. Who's terrible? It is a cool hat. It's a Tacoma Rainier's hat for anybody who's yeah. listening and couldn't see it. It doubles as a uh, as a Raymond hat. Oh, nice. Yeah. I only know that because one of the guys I work with has a uh, Raymond hat that he wears, and I was like, is that a Rainier's hat or a Raymond hat? Well, I knew more, he was from. They're Raymond. red and black. They're red right? and black. Yeah. yeah. But if you yeah, want to go, they make like you know, they, they make when you want to cheer for Kira Gardner as a cougar and you want to be like, hey, I want to represent your high school. There you go. That's right. Oh, did I tell you guys that I found out I'm basically uh, related to Kira Gardner? What? <laughs> no. This is a small town oh, thing. Stop the music. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have this a record a, scratch, but this is, a, <laughs> this is a small town thing. But pretty much what happened was, uh, and I'm I'm not from here originally, so obviously this is a relation by marriage. But basically, what happened was 
we had shared some stuff about Kira. Yeah. And then someone shared our post about Kira and said, hey, this is my niece and blah, blah, blah. And I looked at the name and I was like, wait a minute. That person's last name is my wife's maiden name. So I said, I asked my wife, hey, do you know this person? And she's like, yeah, that's my cousin. What? So <laughs> probably by two separate marriages, we are related. Yes. <laughs> so I guess I'll see Kira at the next family reunion. Hey, <laughs> just don't start a basketball game. Heck no. <laughs> or a track competition. No. Nope. Or whatever. Sh- just don't. Stay no, away no from competition. Athle- stay like, away from athletic competition. I'm going to go a step further and say any competition. Smart. Oh like she's. I can't I think wait for would- Easter. Easter egg hunt against Kira Gardner. Oh. <laughs> you think she'd do it? Yeah, she'd do it. You might be able to compete in that just because you have experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm bigger and stronger too. So like that's if, true. The boxing out. I feel like she'd beat me to the spot though. I think that's the hard part. Yeah. Like it's hard to. It's really hard to box somebody out if they're quick enough to beat you to the spot. Yeah. That'd be tough. Yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> back to... Who'd win in an Easter egg? Prime Justin Domasiewicz. <laughs> I see what you did there. You flipped that around on me. Okay, that'll be a poll question for okay. next week. Awesome. Oh. Spoiler alert. The answer is Kira Gardner. <laughs> okay. Back I'm to Stump Daniel. I'm going to just say the, uh, the Marlins. Ooh, I'm sorry, Daniel. That is not correct. Darn it. But you will be happy to know that the first team in the major leagues to 50 losses this season was the Oakland A's. Yes! They are currently <laughs> 26 and 54. Oh, they're bad. There are two other teams that have 51 losses, Washington and Cincinnati. And I think it's funny that Oakland beat Cincinnati to 50 losses because Cincinnati got off to a historically god-awful start. <laughs> yeah, but the A's, didn't they get off to that great start? Or was that the Angels? Uh, the, Angels the Angels got, got off to a, a great start. start, and then they lost like 14 games yeah. in a yeah. row. So anyway, Daniel, you... I, spoiler, I can't tell the difference between the A's and the Angels. I know that they're different. Yeah, you don't have to explain it. I that's just okay. confuse them constantly. I, I'm fine with you confusing them. And the Astros, because I hate yeah. all of them. Yeah. And the Arrangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Daniel, next question. All right. On Saturday, Zion Williamson agreed to a maximum rookie extension. He's played just 85 career games. In the modern draft era, which is since 1966. Don't do it. That's the third fewest Don't do by it. a number one pick Don't do in it. the first three seasons after being drafted. Who are the two players who played less than Zion in the first three years after being drafted? <laughs> you look upset. Greg so I'm Oden. guessing you know one of these answers. Oh, wow. Double whammy. I already made fun of Greg Oden. It is Greg Oden is one of them. Greg Oden played 82 games in his first three seasons. Daniel, do you want to take a stab at who the other one is? Real quick. Quick story. My wife, when I was talking about how disappointed I was that the Blazers got ended up with the number seven pick in this year's lottery. Yeah. I told her that I was actually excited that they didn't get the number one pick because I told her the last two times they got the number one pick and I was like last the last two times they've had the number one pick they drafted guys named Sam Bowie and Greg Oden she was like so and I was like well Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant were the guys drafted right after them 
And she went, oh, wow, they're really bad at that. <laughs> and she's right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea who the other one is. Okay, the other one is, there's a caveat to it. And wait, it's... wait, wait. Is it the Human Victory Cigar for the Detroit Pistons? What was that guy's name? The Human Victory Cigar? Yeah. I don't think I know that one. The, the, the guy... Ah, he was drafted in the same class as like Car- no, because he wasn't drafted number one. Never mind. The, who's the guy who was drafted in the same class as like LeBron and Carmelo? And he was like some oh, European guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Darko Milicic. Darko. Yeah, there no, it's not him. Okay. Uh, the answer. <laughs> you want me to give it to you? Yeah. It's the answer is David Robinson. What? But the caveat is. What? David Robinson was drafted out of the Naval Academy, and he spent his first two years after being drafted in military service. Then when he actually had his first real season in the NBA, he won Rookie of the Year and played all 82 games. That's awesome. So wow. He's in. he's on this list. How did I not know that about him? But only by a technicality. That's awesome. Yeah. I forgot that he was in The Admiral. How could he? That's why he was nicknamed The Admiral. Yep. But I'm just picturing the poor guy, like, trying to maneuver through <laughs> seven, boats. Seven foot one. <laughs> just knocking his head on things constantly. I don't know what his job was in the Navy, but... Okay, we're getting to the Mike Trout portion of the uh, Stone okay. Daniels. Cool, cool. Mike Trout hit his 50th career home run against the Seattle Mariners last month. Who is the only other player with 50-plus dingers against Seattle? Rafael Palmero. Ding, ding, ding. Rafael Palmero has 52 home runs against the Mariners, which I thought was interesting because I guess he played a really long time, but he only played half of his career in the same division as Seattle. He played oh, really? 20 years, and only 10 of them were with the rate, which actually 10 years on one team is a long time. But, but he went... Then where did he go after that? Orioles? He went. Is it no. his? So he. I don't remember what team he started with, but okay. he was two years with some random team. Okay. Then he went to the Rangers for several years. Yeah. Then the Orioles. Then back to the Rangers. Then back to the Orioles. Okay. So he bounced back and forth between those two teams, but he had really great years in the prime of his career, both with the Rangers and the Orioles. And the Orioles were at least in the American League, so would yeah. play the Mariners at least. Right. Sometimes. So you had no hesitation on that. Because we've heard that stat a billion times since the Mariners have been playing against the Angels the last few weeks. Here's one that's going to be a little tougher. Okay. Also, as of last month, Mike Trout has seven career multi-homer games against the M's, which is tied for the most by any active player versus any single opponent. Who are the two active mashers Trout is tied with against any single opponent? And it's seven? Yeah. Oh. They both play for the same team. And both of them have their multi-home run games against the same team. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, let's... Okay, so that's really interesting because now I'm... A lot of my guesses went away because I'm trying to think of two great power hitters on, on one team. team. Yeah, you and may benefit active. from you may benefit from starting with one great power hitter on a great team, <laughs> and then working backwards from there. <laughs> um, because one of these answers you'll go, oh, and then the other one you'll go, oh. <laughs> 
those different O's? Yeah. One of them was <laughs> Oh, and then the other one was Oh. <laughs> Man, uh, can I get a hint? Yes. Can you tell me what position one of them plays? I would if I knew. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm really bad at baseball positions. I think. Oh lord. I think. <laughs> I think that the main one is what? an outfielder. <laughs> That's like me trying to come up with fo- or basketball positions. Maybe a first baseman, but probably an outfielder. Oh my gosh. He's a DH. He's a mountain of a man. <laughs> Large human. Yeah. Okay, I can work with that. Large human, you're not sure. Okay. Oh. He mashes. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Giancarlo Stanton Okay. and Aaron Judge. You got one out of two. Okay. It is Aaron Judge. But not Stanton. But like a good Glaber, Torres what? is there. That's the one that you go, oh. That's not an O. That's a O. What? <laughs> what position does Glaber Torres play? He plays. Wait, hold up. He plays. Darn it. Uh, Neat. I'm making meat a... morp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Third. Second base and shortstop, according to Baseball Reference. Play shortstop? And Aaron Judge is an outfielder? Yeah, he Should plays I be right a little field. embarrassed that I wasn't sure what position he plays? You should be a little embarrassed about Aaron Judge. He plays right field, okay. but not too much. I I think of Judge, like the the mental slot that he's in is just, oh, the East Coast Mike Trout. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's, that's what he's he is. He's not near as good head. of a, a defender. I think oh, okay. he's also yeah. not as efficient of a hitter. Like yeah. Mike Trout's like a really great... All around yeah. hitter, and it would Aaron make Judge sense that he's not as. Fingers. It would make sense that he's like a knockoff Mike Trout, because, yeah. and, but is yeah. elevated the, to that level because thing, he's on the East Coast. The weird thing about Judge is he's massive. Yeah. Yankees are he's like six seven, usually overrated. Yeah. So it yeah. makes sense. Um, and that concludes Stump Daniel. I'm shocked about Glaber Torres because he's got seven multi hit home runs against one team. Yeah, against the Orioles. That is quite the They're name. Both against the Orioles. <laughs> the Orioles are so <laughs> bad. You know what? Never mind. I'm not shocked. Of course it's Yankees because of course you get multi home run games against in that freaking <laughs> bandbox of a stadium of New York, Little League Field, and Baltimore before they moved their fences back and made them big. So of course there's multi home run games for those teams. Yeah. Psh. Screw and you. And the Yankees. Orioles are terrible. You know, the Yankees just, just like have a Mariners. history oh, of arguing incredibly overrated players. Here? Shut up. <laughs> but the I, Yankees I, I, do have a history of incredibly it. overrated players. That's true. Like, you know, Derek yeah. Jeter, but even more importantly, Mariano Rivera, who yeah. is the most overrated player in the history of all exactly. sports. I'm trying to think of others. I mean, Alfonso Soriano. There's at least a hundred of them. I mean, you got Jeter, you got Rivera, and 98 others. <laughs> But that'll conclude Stump Daniel. We still, we're going to do a quick Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week and also do poll results on the other side of this commercial break. At Ole Penn Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, 
we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. I have a quick update from the Mariners game that's going on right now. Robbie Ray has retired the last eight batters, and it is one nothing Mariners in the top of the fifth. Dope. Okay, cool. So he doesn't have a no hitter or a perfect game. No, okay. apparently not. Okay. I just, I that, just, I just read the things on the screen. Hasn't I don't Robbie Ray been game. really good since I said we should that the Mariners should cut him? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. He, has. he really has. Yeah. Um, that brings us to our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week and the discussion of a perfect game or last no nine batters. Also brings us into this discussion. It brings us to our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week discussion. Thank you to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. No relation. What's the A stand for? Oh. And I have an <laughs> I honorable that mention for you when you were in the bathroom. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you did. He was I all over it. it. <laughs> um, I have an honorable mention for this. So yeah. I coach a Babe Ruth team. I coach. I help coach a dentist company, Aberdeen's Babe Ruth team. 13 through 15-year-olds, and we have a 14-year-old who we were playing against Black Hills, and this kid, Bubba Jones, threw five innings, he gave up one hit, one unearned run, and he had 14 strikeouts in that Babe Ruth This game. is a different kid than the guy that was playing quarterback for Hoquim a few years ago? No, yeah, that's, that was that's Bubba, Dick. Bubba Dick. Okay. There you go. Yes. Uh, so yeah, no, a lot this of Bubbers here in this is, Harbor County. This is, this is Bubba Jones, oh, and yeah. he was absolutely dominant. So if you do the math, 14 strikeouts in five innings, where there's only 15 outs in five innings. Mm. Now, there were there's a little caveat to that. There were two outs that were made in the field. There was a line drive to the third baseman and a... Ground ball to the shortstop to throw to first. But in one inning, he had four strikeouts. Drop third. Drop third strike. Yeah, so he struck out the leadoff batter. Dude dropped the, the catcher, couldn't handle the ball. Guy gets to first. He then strikes out the next three guys. So he had four strikeouts in one inning. That so is impressive. It was it was incredibly impressive. Like He was absolutely dominant. It was amazing to watch. And I feel personally responsible for his no-hitter getting broken. Because in that inning, he had, I think, two outs. And I said, do we really want to take Bubba out next inning? He's working on a perf- He's working on a no-hitter. Because he had some walks missed. He had a decent amount of walks. And if and you I had was keeping... thought about it, you would not have done that. Well, no, that's the thing. I actively didn't say he had a no-hitter multiple times to people. Even one time, a kid asked me, Hey, what did you say? How many strikeouts did Bubba have? And I told him, and the kid was like, how many hits does he give up? And I was like, that's not important. I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> and then I literally said that to a coach. I was like, he's working on a no hitter. Literally the next batter, a lefty hits one off the very end of the bat, looping line drive towards our good third baseman who sits back on it, waits for the one hop because it should be a candy hop to him. But the ball was spinning so hard that as soon as it hit the ground, it just went crazy English and like yanked six feet to the left of him. Base hit on the most stupid base hit of all time. And I just went. Broadcasters jinx. You've got to be kidding me. I just jinxed it. To which 
the head coach of the team, who's also my pastor, said, I rebuke that superstition. And I was just yeah. like, he let you off. He doesn't, too he easy. doesn't understand was, because he's like, not a broadcaster. No. I was like, I, I understand what you're saying. And it's probably valid religiously, this, but I feel terrible. Remember this <laughs> happened in Montesano high school baseball. Words have impact. <laughs> Words have power. <laughs> this happened in Montesano high school That's baseball several years ago where <laughs> there was a guy who was throwing a perfect game. And then it was noted I think it might have even been mentioned in the in the newspaper write up that one of the players that was in the dugout mentioned it while the game was going on. <laughs> so luckily, what? the player still threw the perfect game. Oh, like okay. it didn't get jinxed. But after well, the game was over, everybody was like, "What's wrong with you? <laughs> you don't say that out loud." Who threw it? Do you remember who threw it? I think it was. Was it Lane? I think it was. No, no, no. It was uh, Riley. Oh shoot! I've got a question about it. Was it fast pitch or baseball? Baseball. They had a re- Fairchild? Maybe. Dang it. I feel like a jerk for forgetting this now. I think this happened while I was covering money. Is, okay. Is the jinx, like, talking about, like, the superstition in general in baseball, yeah. I've always heard it referred to as the broadcaster's jinx. Because I thought it was unlucky well, for a broadcaster it's to everybody. mention it. Nobody's it's anybody. Everybody. For, for a perfect out. game, no hitter, that thing, nobody's allowed to mention it. Including Most, fans? Like I'm honestly, curious. I'm not mentioning. I'm not. That. If I'm a right. fan, I'm not mentioning right. it. Okay. Uh, there's ways to get around it, like broadcasters do. Rick Riz yes. is very religious. He'll be like, he's got 13 up and 13 down. Yeah. But he'll never say right. no hitter or perfect game. And all superstition aside, I that is the like that sort of tradition and fun. Yeah. Weird, unspoken joke slash rule slash superstition i love that that's yeah. one of the coolest things about baseball and also in baseball a lot of it uh, the guys in the dugout generally won't even go near the pitcher like you'll get a camera shot of the dugout and the pitcher will just be sitting there by himself and that's, nobody will be within 10 feet of him that's not superstition that's just good <laughs> sense you don't want to you don't want the pitcher to blame you for getting him out of his zone right. <laughs> so anyway bubba jones is my honorable mention but justin you brought our. What are you looking up? I was trying to. I think it's Riley Olson. What's a Olson. bucket? What's okay. a bucket but getter I, if they're in playing baseball? Do we have a turn? What 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 happens? I think it'd well, be different for a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah, okay. I know. That's why I, I was think, saying. What would be the equivalent? No. I think like in professional, it'd be you when you hear the term like professional hitter, or maybe because it's not a five tool player because there's defense involved in that. Exactly. So like it'd be like a professional. This dude just hits. Like he's just a masher. Masher, this maybe dude's just a certified but a, but masher. A, but a yeah. masher, a masher might not hit for average. Though. That's true. So, uh, and a professional hitter doesn't always hit for power. But it's, yeah. yeah, we'll have to come up with that one. And what about really maybe question. the pitcher could be a certified and, shover? Ooh, <laughs> I heard that. All right. I heard that this because this shove, year for the first time, and I love it because shoving doesn't necessarily mean striking people out. It just means getting people out and imposing yeah. your will on them. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. Interesting. We might have a new certified. <laughs> you know what's, you know we might more have... impressive than striking three people out on nine pitches? Getting people out with three pitches. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we we have a new kid on our certified bucket getter radar, though. I mean, he's got a ways to go. He's super young. But, Justin, that's our next. 
Yeah. So is that is he going to be our athlete of the week? Do we I, want to roll with that? I'm fine with it. Okay. So I mean, when you I trust Peyton, when you eat fifty, oh <laughs> snap. So, we got some dispute I'm here. Just going, no, I'm we're just not going. going. We're not going there. <laughs> when you eat fifty burgers, <laughs> so in a game, there were no burgers involved. Oh, you're right. So that was what I texted to our group chat <laughs> that Hope Williams, Lincoln, Nimi dropped a fifty burger, and Andrew was like, 50 burgers." That <laughs> is incredibly no, impressive. No, it doesn't mean he ate fifty burgers. It That's means a certified scored. garbage gut. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it means he scored fifty <laughs> points in a basketball game. Yeah, oh, that's so there's a there's that an Ilwaco Ilwaco camp that some of our local teams were at, and Lincoln Nimi playing for Hoke Williams Junior Varsity against a one B varsity team in Crescent. So yeah. I feel like I, I don't know exactly how to do the equivalence on that. Like that's two classifications lower. It's a B school, but it is a varsity team. It really depends on the school because we've seen some one yeah. B and two B varsities that are legit. But I think it's also notable that Lincoln won't even you won't even see him playing high school basketball yeah. this year because he's not a high schooler. Yeah, he's an incoming eighth grader who is playing with the JV summer program uh, that his dad is now running because Jeff Nemi, his dad, is the coach of Oakland yep. basketball program. Perks of being the coach's kid. <laughs> well, they had other there. I think there was other a couple of other kids that were younger that were nice. also playing, but. Um, I don't know all their ages really well, but there's I, one in particular that I thought was in his grade that was also playing. Okay, so I, I don't know. know. I don't know that for a fact, but Lincoln Nimi, as a I wish I could have done that as an eighth grader, as an incoming eighth grader, I was not good enough <laughs> playing JV. <laughs> dropped 50 points against a varsity team at the Silwaco camp them. in a game. So for that, Through the hoop, Lincoln, oh. you are our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. That's Congratulations. Awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, both of these kids, don't be surprised to see them be athletes of the week when they get into high school sports either. 50 burgers. Yeah. Bubba's going to be a freshman <laughs> this next year. And Lincoln, just in eighth grade. But yeah, 50 points. I don't care. I mean, wait, maybe ninth, I do ninth care. Ninth grade is freshman, right? No, he's going to be in eighth. Uh, he's, he's going to be in eighth grade. Oh, yeah. he's going to yeah. be. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he has a year. Yeah. Uh, that 50 points is a ton. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like my arm would get tired That's twice just shooting. as many as 25. My arm would get tired just shooting as many times as you would need to get to that point. <laughs> shooting 50 times. Wait, no, it'd be, You'd be shooting yeah, 25, yeah, times. 25 times. 50 yeah. free throws. He made 50 free throws. <laughs> That's how he got there. Yeah. I right. so yes, Lincoln Lincoln Nimi is definitely on our certified bucket getter radar. Yes. So maybe absolutely. 4 or 5 years from now you'll be hearing us uh give him that honor yep. and we've got a few other kids that we're looking at this year so yeah. it should be fun true maybe we will have somebody outside of raymond or in that it is it is possible like see that happening there are two athletes on the radar that it is potential that they could earn that honor this year oh. or next year that's true I, I think i'm thinking of the same ones you are yeah, i got two in my mind yeah so. but yeah we'll address that okay. another day i think uh, we can close it out with poll results yes First poll question from last week's show. Are the Mariners more likely to be buyers or sellers at the August 2 trade deadline? Uh, one comment I want to make sure that I clarify because uh, Sean, our friend Sean, pointed out on Twitter that saying they're buyers or sellers sort of implies that they're going to be making big moves. Yeah. And it's much more likely that they're going to kind of play it middle of the road. Like if they make moves, yes. it's not going to be splashy. Yeah. That's kind of what I was saying last week, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they're, yes. they're going to make. 
moves that but there was no nuance value. in the question it was just are they going to be buyers or sellers yeah. so i think it's important to put that qualifier <laughs> on there but at the same time 69 percent of our audience nice said buyers oh the mariners are more likely to be buyers there we go that Next, mariners optimism there you go Next question. Should an Instagram reel go golf swing, baby, golf swing, or baby, golf swing, baby? After Daniel uh, was, he was a little disappointed that he didn't get as many likes as he hoped, but he realized he sandwiched a baby with two golf swings instead of sandwiching two golf swings with a baby. Yeah. I feel like that's influencer 101. Yeah, seriously. This has never happened before. Uh oh. But 100% of our audience said baby, golf swing, baby. Yeah, maybe it might it might be influencer ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, not even college level. <laughs> that was a bad job by me. Next question: Should the Texas Rangers change their name to the A Rangers so all the Mariners division opponents could start with the letter A? Obviously. What were the possible answers here? Yes, yes or no? Oh, I was hoping it was going to be yes and absolutely. <laughs> well, sixty seven percent of our audience said yes. They should change their name to the A Rangers. And they could have like a what? Did you say they could have like a floral pattern as their logo? Yeah, like because they were flower they would rangers. be like flower rangers. Yeah, exactly, I love that. I like yeah. it. That is a very that's that's perfect. I love it. Next poll: What would you call the Angels starting a different pitcher with the intention of hitting <laughs> Mariners batters? Would you call it malice aforethought? Yes. Or the old switcheroo? <laughs> the old or as Rick Riz called it, putting in a hitman. He referred to like that, that. Per, poor wants guy as a hitman like ten times. Dude, on the John Boy, too. Yeah. on the John Boy video. Yeah. By the way, if you didn't yes. watch the John Boy breakdown of the Mariners fight, I love John Boy and he does an amazing job. I think it's his best video ever. It's amazing. And in part of it, you see Winker, and the one of the things I love that John Boyd does is he's really good at reading lips. Yeah, and he'll look at it Amazing. and analyze it and be like, "That's what this guy's saying. This is what this guy's saying." And it's Winker talking to Wance, <laughs> and he's going, "I had to hit you. I had to hit you." And Winker's like, "You had to hit me." <laughs> and so it's like John Boy is narrating this conversation, and it's amazing. And if it wasn't for John Boy, we might not know that what was that guy's name? Something Bradley. Yes, that he <laughs> broke his arm yeah. falling out of the dugout yes because that's really the fun that was the thing about the fight that i laughed with my co-workers about the next day yeah as i got there and like oh did you see the mariners brawl and i was like did you see the angels guy that broke his arm falling trying to get to the fight so this big brawl that had very little injury involved in yeah. it a guy injured himself trying to get to the fight yes. trying to get out of the dugout yeah. <laughs> anyway 78 percent of our audience said they would call it malice aforethought Nice. Like Daniel did. I like it. Next question. Are Eugenio Suarez's fists named Good and Vibes? <laughs> I love that comment. <laughs> well, 60% of our audience said no, they're not. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> Here's another one from Daniel from Mariner's Conversation last week. Because I said, it really depends on if you trust the core of this team. And Daniel said, I don't trust the core of Jerry Depoto. <laughs> So do you trust the core of Jerry Depoto? 60% of our audience does not trust the core of Jerry Depoto. I've got two more. Yeah, it's hard to. This is one of my favorites. (laughs) Which sounds more like a sports team from a made-for-TV movie? 
Okay. Because yes. Daniel, this yes. is what you said about the Florida Panthers, yes. which you learned is a hockey team. Yep. And you were like, that sounds like a sports team from a made-for-TV movie. And, and you the, thought the same about the LA Kings. I did. But Andrew also chimed in with, what about the New York Knickerboxers? <laughs> so your two <laughs> options here are the Florida Panthers or the New York Knickerboxers. <laughs> Well, 75% of our audience went with Florida Panthers. Sounds like, sounds more like a sports team from a made-for-TV yes. movie. And that's when all of those people found out that that was a real team. I'm exactly. Yeah. Final one. This is another thing. This was from a conversation between Daniel and Andrew. Yeah. Are, are phone cameras from five or six years ago roughly potatoes? Yes. <laughs> and if you couldn't follow that, the conversation was... Andrew was saying something about how his the phones that they had from like the phones you buy off the market or something the the big deficiency is that they're more like the cameras from phones five or six years ago yeah and Daniel goes oh so potatoes and then Andrew says <laughs> roughly potatoes so our our phone cameras for five or six years ago roughly potatoes eighty six percent of our audience said yes they are yep. <laughs> Those people get us. Yeah. Do you know what a knickerbocker is? I don't. It is a descendant of the early Dutch settlers of New York or a native or resident of the city or state of New York. But what is a knickerbocker? So So it's a New Yorker. A knickerbocker. I thought it was pants. I thought knickerbockers knickerbockers are pants. pants. Oh, I thought knickers was short for knickerbockers. So I was wrong. What are there. the Knicks short of? Are they short for the Knickers? Or are they? It's, it is Knickerbockers. Yeah, it's Knickerbockers. Yeah, but not Knickerbockers. So basically, I just it's always just... thought it was a super odd name. It's so like the New it's York like the Knicks. The New York Knicks are just the New York version of Linden. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're Dutch. <laughs> yes, Daniel. What? I knew there was a reason why I hated them. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Nick. Uh, real quick, real quick. Um, fireworks. A, are you pro fireworks? Like, so there's three different levels. I like fireworks. I like people having and blowing up their own stuff. I wish I could do it, but they're expensive, so I don't usually buy my own stuff. Just uh, Andrew, you usually buy your own fireworks, right? Yeah. So you like fireworks enough to actually spend your own money. I on do. Them. It's always a struggle because every time I'm buying fireworks i'm thinking i could spend this 150 dollars on ammunition and get way more booms mm, that makes sense so for me it's always that like because specifically ammunition because it's it's loud booms yeah. and i'm paying for loud and, booms and then there's i feel like there's two other levels i i was false there's three there's more than three there's four because then there's the people who <laughs> like fireworks but they only want to see the professional ones yeah. And then I assume there's a fourth level of people who just hate all fireworks. Yeah, and I definitely. don't understand those. The, so I want I love fireworks. I do want to put out there there are really legitimate reasons to hate fireworks. Yes. Uh specifically veterans or yep. people with PTSD mm-hmm. who experience like like Absolutely. Re, like that that sucks. And I like there's there's not a good I don't think that you should outlaw fireworks. I understand why people in that situation hate like and 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 struggle with, you know, trying to get isolated or, yeah. or stay away during this time of the year. Uh apart from that, I like big booms. Yep. Me too. Uh I do think that there's another category set category though, because there are people like me, I literally could not care less 
how pretty the firework is. Mm, I want, want the... the thump. Okay. Gotcha. I just want boom. There are people like my mother who also loves fireworks, but she wants really pretty ones. Gotcha. And she doesn't want to pay for them or set them off either. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I fall in the category of your mother. Okay. Gotcha. I, I enjoy fireworks shows, but uh, fireworks make me super nervous because I've known several people that have seriously injured themselves with fireworks, and I don't trust very many people enough to do them around me that's fair understand my children so usually i'm kind of a party pooper on the fourth of july like the most that we'll ever really do is like a little bit of kid fireworks or sparklers yeah but usually we do nothing this year we're doing nothing understandable but we'll go outside and watch the fireworks that people are setting off especially since you were a teenager with my brother (laughs) my brother was insane i have the best firecracker (laughs) story with jimmy that i'm not sure if i should tell (laughs) Well, I have one. It was him and his friend, James, throwing firecrackers at each other. And then I, being seven years younger, also in the backyard, and I tried to do it, and I had one go off like three inches out of my hand. Your hand was numb. My hand was numb, and my ear was ringing. Yeah. I I will say, I, I feel about fireworks the same way that I feel about firearms, Mm. in that they're really fun. I love them. They are not toys. Yes. And that's a good point. They're not to be taken casually. And I think it makes me so uncomfortable. The thing that everyone seems, so many people seem to do get drunk and set off fireworks. Yeah. That's a good point. Sketches me out so hard. And we both have a friend who's a firefighter out in ocean shores. And the stories that he tells every year about the stuff that happens on the beach is horrifying absolutely terrifying yeah the beach is insane be safe that doesn't mean don't have cool fireworks that means do it sober sober and carefully yeah and maybe stop turning the beach into a war zone yeah clean up after yourself have you ever driven out there it's scary it's freaking insane and yes it's an absolute mess speaking as someone who's picked up the beach after The day after, it's nuts. It is the most disgusting thing. And I, ugh, all of these Seattle tourists who <laughs> lecture us constantly about the environment, I drive down here not the same and people. dump all their crap on our beach. I feel like it's probably a different subset of Seattle. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations on legal fireworks, uh, illegal firework activity? Oh, it's got to be There's gone a- by now if you're talking about Jimmy as a teenager. He's, <laughs> he's old. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were asking for the rules because I've been hearing the rules on the radio about like what hours you're allowed. Oh to no, shoot off we don't care about stuff. that. We care about incriminating my brother. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're good. It's an incrimination of both of us, really. Uh, but this would have been probably when I was about 16. So I'm going to say Jimmy was like 18, 19, somewhere in that range. Okay, so it's been about 20 years, yeah. which is weird to think of. Yeah, yeah. So we went. Uh, I when my, got... my brother is saying that uh, you are right. Knickers are short for knickerbockers, which is a reference to the Dutch immigrants coming into New York. So the actual the pants knicker like the underwear oh. knickers also a reference to knickerbockers. Okay. Oh, okay, good to know. All right, I anyway. was right. Sorry, that was from so, my brother. <laughs> thank you. Shout out to Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel. 
Um, so Jimmy and Jimmy and I hopped into his car and drove probably way too fast um, out to <laughs> yeah. Tokeland. And this wasn't on the 4th, but I'm going to say it was probably like right before the 4th. So fireworks sales were going. Mm-hmm. And we went yeah. out to the stand and I didn't know anything about purchasing fireworks. And Jimmy knew a little bit. Because you're yeah. from Hawaii where they don't allow fun things. Uh, there's fireworks there. Okay. But it's not the they same. They don't allow fun things. <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy knew enough to go up to this fireworks stand. Oh, no. And look at what was there. And then lean over to the guy and say, do you have anything bigger than a firecracker? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, I kid you not, I remember this vividly. The guy leans over the table, looks to the left, <laughs> looks to the right. Pulls a box out from under the table, and he's like, "I think this is what you're looking for." <laughs> so we, I don't even know what they were like. M what level? Yeah. I have no idea. But they were big. Yeah, big booms. <laughs> and we got like six of them. So the next stop was let's go to the grocery store and see what things we could buy that look like they'd be fun to blow up. <laughs> yes. So we got a cantaloupe, a Hostess cupcake. I don't remember everything that we bought, but we had like. Four or five different things. It was like, let's hollow these out, put a firecracker inside of them, blow them up. Nice. Unfortunately, we weren't out by your house in the boonies, Daniel. Yeah. We were by my house, and I lived in Kazi. So it was like, <laughs> no. where can we go that would be a little bit out of the way? And I was like, you know what? There's like a little patch. There's a little area of woods that's up past the elementary school yes. so there's a okay. big field yep. and a hill that leads up to woods and it's not a ton of woods but no. it's enough yeah. that you can kind of go be hidden away yeah we had no idea how loud these fireworks were going to be we're like super excited idiots and we we went in there we started with the cantaloupe hollowed out the cantaloupe stuck the firecracker inside lit it up it sounded like a freaking gunshot it echoed through the hills Probably course, louder than most gunshots, honestly. We were stupid, so like in our minds, we're like, oh man, that was amazing, cantaloupe flying everywhere, let's do another one. We go, we blow up another thing, we blow up the cupcake, and I remember specifically the cupcake was really underwhelming yeah. after the cantaloupe because yeah. it just didn't have a lot of substance to Melons it. Melons are awesome to blow up. Yeah, but then it occurred to us after three, three or so big booms, <laughs> Somebody might we were notice. like... Somebody might notice that what's going on. So we went down, and it, if you've been to Kazi Elementary School, you can picture this. Yeah. There's the buildings, there's a big field, and there's a hill leading up to these woods. Yep. We went down to the edge of the woods, and we're looking around like, okay, we don't see anything. All of a sudden, we look over the top of the elementary school and we see a cop car driving down one side of the building towards oh no <laughs> and jimmy was like jimmy goes screw it we got to run <laughs> so we booked it down the hill we sprinted as fast as we possibly could to the other side of the building from where the police car was coming oh, and as we were crossing his where he wouldn't be able to see us, we saw the nose of his car poking out on the other side of the building. I don't think I have ever gotten into a car faster. We got into Jimmy's car. We booked it out of there as fast as we could, and we got 30 away. miles an hour exactly. Because <laughs> if you go faster than that in Kazi, you get a ticket. Oh, my gosh. But that That's was hilarious. That was the statute of limitations is up, so we yeah. cannot be convicted. But that was the, probably... That was my firecrackers with Jimmy story. I've only heard half of that story before. Okay. That's hilarious. I appreciate that you were doing it 
responsibly and uh, yeah. blowing things up on the ground, not trying to throw them. Because that you. is, like you were saying, throwing firecrackers is like that's how you get number one off. thing that everybody does that's really sketches me yeah. out and you shouldn't do. Well, that's not where I thought the firework discussion was going to go, but that was amazing. <laughs> um, I also, I, real quick, what are what are some of the tips you learned from Facebook of how to take care of dogs? Because that's oh. the other discussion we hear a lot is yeah. dogs with fireworks go crazy. My dogs were outside dogs and just barked and thought fireworks were cool. But I've heard that a lot of dogs freak out. So yeah. what were some of the tips you learned? Yeah, so and my dogs are both young enough that they're not a year old yet. So neither of them has been through a 4th of July. So I don't exactly know how they're going to respond to it. A lot of people were saying to give the dogs Benadryl, but I also got a couple of comments saying the Benadryl actually doesn't really do what you need it to. So that's it might be one of those things that everybody thinks but is not actually true. Okay. I went to um, the pet store and bought some... They're like calming hemp treats. Oh. So you go. Julio just got thrown out at third stealing because he slid in ahead of the tag, but couldn't get stopped before he slid up. Oh, gosh. I thought you were going to tell me that he was so brutal. No, I'm sorry. The way you reacted to that, dude. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. That was unintentional. It should have been intentional. Okay. I would have done it intentionally. If Sorry. I would have anyway, I would say the most the most <sighs> common advice was Benadryl or calming treats. There's a liquid form and a solid form. Okay. And then just kind of lots of attention and comfort. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. My my wife is who would actually be the person to ask about this. I was going to ask her, but, but for some reason she left busy. immediately when I got here. She, right? Yeah, it was like, oh, Justin's here. Bye. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> she's she's helping set up the the third of July party. Okay, All right. but uh, I will say I know that uh, cucumber has a prescription that helps a lot, and cucumber cucumber is our dog that really hates fireworks. She and she hates fireworks and firearms. Uh, when they start happening, she goes into the bathroom and climbs into the tub. Oh, cute. Um, but, but so she, she has a prescription for something that I'm assuming is a lot heavier than Benadryl, probably some kind of doggy Xanax. Uh, and that does help, but I would, I would recommend talking to your vet about something like that. And then I would have, if for, I had thought for of it young before dogs, today. For young dogs, I really think a lot of it can be how you treat it too. Where with Pax last night when we were, uh, the neighbors were setting up, we were just basically rewarding when when fireworks were going off, and he was like, "What's happening?" We were just reward like treating him like he just did something nice, mm. you know, like good dog, gotcha. Look, acting excited, positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement, so gotcha. that it's not a scary thing. I I don't know I. A lot of dogs are just going to be scared of loud noises. Yeah. But growing up with hunting dogs, mm. they tended to just be really excited. Like, that makes sense. There's booms. There's booms going on. Yeah, that makes sense. We I, promised a shorter show and I we know. lied. I'm sorry. Liar. We had so many good <laughs> topics. I'm sorry. I feel like it was my fault. I, I apologize. It was a good show, though. It was. I forgive you, show. even though this is a horrible infraction on your part that neither <laughs> of us had anything to do with. My brother says that he's... <laughs> My brother enjoyed the uh, the firecracker story from Justin. He says, I'm dying. Perfect picture in my mind. Also, <laughs> yes. throwing firecrackers is lit. At this point, we need a cucumber segment more than a Mariner's segment. <laughs> oh. 
have a cucumber segment. Just yeah. talk about her every week. Yeah, I'm down with that. She's a great dog. All right, I think that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz. For my co-host, Justin. Turns out he's related to Kira Gardner Damashevitz. I said basically related. <laughs> basically. And for my co-host, Daniel, the college football fixer, Hargrove. Wait. <laughs> That sounds like you a fixed wedding scandal. You fixed college football. <laughs> Double meaning. And our producer, Andrew, let's blow something up. Gross. You promised me that you were going to work on blowing something up. Are we going to video it? We can blow things up. I like that. Like, that's like what you do for 4th of July is you blow <laughs> things up. Happy, You've been listening to the scrimmage. <laughs> Happy Independence Day. It's what the founding fathers would want. <laughs> <laughs>